0: Named for the Rugby World Cup, there always have to be gambles somewhere. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union Podcast. We'll also hear about a new initiative to help all rugby clubs in Wales become friendly, open, and diverse. But of course, we'll start with the men chosen to represent Wales at this year's World Cup in France two captains and two scrum halves. They were the main talking points. Warren Gatland was flanked by co-captains Jack Morgan and Dowie Lake when he explained what the selection meeting had been like.
1: A couple of hours, yeah, so um, some good discussions and some good talking points about the squad and yeah, talked about the three games as well and yeah, went through, I uh, had a debrief from Prav Mathema just to update on all the injuries and when he thought players would be back for in full training and stuff as well so that was part of the discussion
0: too Just on the
2: injuries there's a few players going into the tournament with Niggles Fallatel and Gareth Anscombe haven't played in the warm-up matches how confident are you that they'll be ready for Fiji or will they be ready
1: afterwards? Uh, we're told they'll be ready um, fallatel has been pretty much back in training sort of up and running he'll do some contact work this week so he'll be available Ryan Elias is going to take a, a part in training this week so we're you know, reasonably confident that those guys are going to be back
2: relating to
0: captain
3: as yeah. well. As obviously how's his fitness? <laughs> Not too bad, um, you know, with rehabbing and, and doing what we need to do and hopefully be, be back in
2: time. While the co-captaincy is something that you you alluded to earlier in, in yep. the sort of summer, how is this going to work and why have you chosen
1: to do it well? oh, I just think that the two lads, you know, the two young players, players for the future for us and uh, I just think they'll complement each other really well. Uh, I'm excited about being Good, good mates, got a good relationship, and then depending on uh, what game it is, one will lead and be captain for that day, and the other will be supporting them. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity, something that I have never done before. But uh, I did speak about it, you know, particularly with two younger players in the squad and captain and. Both of them got a big future ahead of them. You're only
2: taking two scrum halves. Yep. It seems like a big workload for two players
1: potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, you know, if we do pick up injuries, it's it's not too far of a distance to go. Um, both of them have been really robust in this campaign in terms of where the the training of the three scrum halves have been that we've had in. We did talk earlier that we'd probably, you know, there's potentially a a point there where you've got to make a concession and when you're looking at a bit of depth and probably all along we were we were thinking of three nines but when we came to we were just looking at some depth in, in our back three and covering players that are getting on a little bit and you know whether they can back up in all the games and we've probably got players that have in the, in the past have picked up injuries or niggles and stuff so I just wanted a bit more cover in that back three.
2: Jack, congratulations. A lot of experience in this side perhaps more than yourself and Gary. How much... Would you lean on on the more experienced
4: players going into this tournament? Oh, thank you, Yeah, there's there's loads of experienced uh, players in, in the in the squad, and they've been great in camp. You know, there's plenty of leaders within the whole squad that I say their opinion and get the squad to win. Debbie, congratulations as well.
2: How would you describe your relationship with Jack? Thank you
3: first of all, but uh, yeah, look, I think me and Jack have played together for a long time. You know, twenties together, and now with the Osprey together, and. Room together through these many camps, so I think our relationship is very good. You know, we quite strict with each other and honest with each other. If something needs to be said, you know, we're happy to to say each to each other, and the other takes it on board. You know, coming from a, a place of of friendship and you know wanting to, each other to get better. But uh, yeah, no, I couldn't think of anyone better to, to share this role with, and you know, be going away with. What's Jack like as like
2: a roommate?
3: Good roommate. Good on the tunes. Uh, <laughs> offer some good music in the room. Does like a sunbathe though, so, you know, Turkey was out on the balcony quite often, can't fault the man in any way. Jack, you
2: obviously played in a side that there, he was captain, when you were younger, what, what's he like
4: as a captain? He's great to be a captain, he's the captain of the 20s when we went out to, to Argentina, and yeah, he was great, at least from the front, and when something needs to be said, he, he'll say it, but won't say too much either, but uh, yeah, it's, a lot of it's done on the field
5: did you boys ever imagined four years
4: ago you were on the pitch together beating New Zealand at the 20s level you'd be sat next to each other just four years later on your way to the World Cup as captains Jack or Sally no no I probably would never have never thought of it uh, four years ago but yeah it's been uh, good for years and it's just like Derry said we played each other for years and now the Ospreys and it's great to be here with them
5: and Derry's happened quickly
4: yeah that's I think
3: you know you look back at at four years ago, we'd probably both just be happy to be going to a World Cup or playing for Wales, you know, never mind being co-captains for the tournament. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's happened, happened quickly, and I think you know sometimes sometimes life moves our way, especially rugby, the way it's, the way it's developing and, and moving quickly, I think um, just how the game is going.
5: Warren, you've got Centurions at 8, 10, 13, 15 going to this World Cup. How much did that come for, particularly looking at George North, the
1: only one going to his court the half-penny? Was that the reason behind his selection? Yeah, I think it was just a, a mix of trying to get that balance right with the experience. You know, we probably saw on Saturday there was a little bit, players would have learnt a lot from that outing against a, a really strong South African team. So, yeah, that was just a some of the discussions around what experienced players that we felt we needed t- to take with uh, some of the youngsters that have come in the squad and, and get their opportunity.
5: And in terms of the back row, I make you've taken Sam at like the 8th you had in the wider squad. You've talked a lot about the competition at Sam, is, is that 6th spot now with Trinidad and Schindler?
1: That's uh, one. I mean, Tain's yeah, he's, he's really unlucky having get picked up that shoulder injury and probably looking at the next couple of weeks you're looking at the amount of players that can take a part in trainings and wanted to have some live sessions and that so you know, he's unfortunately been the one that's drawn the short straw in terms of that so I chatted to him this morning and said to him be ready because there's you know always potentially an opportunity and spoke to him last week about you know where he was at with the injury and that was going to be a tight call depending on whether we took him So, yeah, uh, yeah, we've probably got three genuine sevens that are are going, but players that can cover a couple of positions. The the beauty of this World Cup is that we do get a little bit more breathing space in terms of the the time between the games. The first game to the second game is a short turnaround, and then we've got an eight-day turnaround to Australia, and then 13 days to the Georgia game. And in the past, it's been a challenge when you've had four-day turnarounds. So... um, a little bit more of a luxury in terms of that, so hopefully it gives us an opportunity to keep players fit or freshen some players up between games.
5: And um, which have been some of the toughest conversations you've had. You mentioned Kieran Hardy. You talked a lot about the, the midfield around over the last few weeks. Joe Roberts, Maxwell, in this
1: that Yeah, I mean, um, and we shared some of the calls with the with the coaches, and I'll be available to talk to all the players today that want to give me a call and uh, the ones that haven't spoken to and. Yeah, The others I will make contact with them as well Just to say to to make sure they're ready We did speak in the change rooms afterwards We had everyone in the change rooms afterwards after the game Just to say thanks for the effort they've all put in the last couple of weeks Knowing that there's going to be some disappointed players on Monday But uh, for those that do miss out Just make sure they keep working hard And and you know there's always potentially an opportunity Hopefully they go back with their regions In pretty good shape Generally most of the players say it's the best shape they've been in from a physical point of view which is a positive and they can take some of that back and, and hopefully demonstrate the work that they've been doing when they go back to their regions. Um, and for a lot of players I think that have been in the squad for the first time it's kind of you know experiencing what the next level is about and educating them on their prehab and rehab and, and nutrition and you know working hard as well and, and stuff. So. Uh, I know that there has been a huge amount of learning during that process for a lot of those players.
0: And Jack and I, you both captained the twenties. You weren't co-captains, but how did that work then? And what do you take from that experience into this
4: very at first? Yeah, you take a lot from the twenties. So you played my first year in the Dowie and learned a lot from him. For, for when I went for the second year, and yeah, take a lot from it and looking forward to comes coming. To
3: it. Like you spoke earlier, it'd be all about our. You know, our relationship and, and how we work together on field, off field and things like again. I think, you know, we've already got, you know, a great relationship. And like we spoke about earlier, we, we work together well. So, you know, whether it's like, as Gat said, one captain on the day, the other backing up, you know, we, we'd both be happy to, to do that for each other and happy to do it for the country.
0: Warren Gatland, Jack Morgan and Dowie Lake are there. One of the big stories of the last few months in Welsh rugby, really, is the rise of Corey Domachowski. And it's fair to say he had quite a day when the squad was announced on Monday.
6: Again, it's another surreal moment, really. I take myself back to probably middle of the season. Uh, if someone told me I'd be in this position now, I'd, I'd laugh in your face, to be honest. But, yeah, it's just... I'm lost words at the moment. Uh, myself, my family are all over the moon. Look, I've always believed in myself. It's probably more so of the situations we all experience at start of the year with, like, finances, not knowing if you have a job... Like securing food on the table for the kids, I you, you mean, is is quite hard when you've got to put your body on the line. You could potentially pick up a big serious injury; it even could end your career. And the sacrifices you're making for the team and and the club, and obviously yourself, you might not have anything at the end of it. So it was quite hard. But I think the good thing, especially the boys at Cardiff, was we couldn't dwell on it because we had things to play for. And yeah, like I said, it was, it was it was a tough time, and but lucky enough, we come out on top of it. It's a lot of pressure, but I probably I, I think I used it a bit as a motivation, and just thought that it could be my last push to to stay in professional rugby. And then I managed to obviously put a few games together, playing well, um, and obviously got re- rewarded for it. So yeah, I think I used it a bit as a motivation more than anything. How did you find out that this was this call was coming today? Um, well, a bit of a bit of a weird one to be fair. It was my nan's funeral today so we were all in the living room waiting for the earth to turn up and well my missus was I had the phone next to me and I was like oh look it's not the right place to do it but all the family were like no no chance we want to we want to know if you're in or not so as soon as my name was announced it erupted and it was quite nice really because obviously it's quite a sad day Um, everyone's a bit down and it kind of lifted the mood a bit and obviously all my family were we're starting over I went back to the club and spent half hour with the family. It was my great-nanny was, so bittersweet day. It's weird, really. All the other family are really upset, and, but then this came along and brought a smile on everyone's face. So All my family have supported me massively throughout the years, and I definitely won't be sad to you know if it weren't for them. So they're just as much as proud as I am. So, yeah, it's an awesome day for us all.
2: Moving forward then, the goal now surely
6: is to make a start on the 15th and Fiji September the 10th must be right there. Yeah, 100%. um, My main goal have been been there all the way through the camp. Um, As everyone else would probably say, I'm not here to make the numbers up. I want to be number one and that's probably the same as everyone else. It's a lot of competition. I get on with all the other boys. We we all know why we're here. We get on and we want number one jersey. That's the end of it. I've probably taken a lot from the last... Well, my first two Caps, more than anything uh, in the rest of my career, really. Obviously, a bit frustrated from the England game where I felt like we weren't able to get the scrums we wanted, which, again, they probably played a bit smart and noticed that we were both debutants and use it to the advantage. But obviously, we come up against the best pack in the world on a weekend, and I'm not hiding away from a fact that we come second best, and it was a big test. We knew that going into the game, and... We just got to take learnings from it, really. We kind of started to feel a bit better going into the second half where we felt that we needed to make a few tweaks and change certain things in at set piece. We got rewarded with one, but obviously ultimately over the game we, we come second best and look, we'll review our... Hopefully just get better from it and learn from them experiences. And
2: co-captains, Demi Lake and Jack Morgan, what are those two guys like? Are they the same guys? Are they different in certain ways? What...
6: Too they're quite similar people. One thing I will say, they're both good leaders, especially with Jack. He doesn't say a lot, but that's a good thing because when he does say something, and all eyes are in, and you take on board what he got to say, and obviously you respect them. But like, they're both great players, and obviously captain. He's new to the both of them, so I suppose that it'll take them time to get used to it as well. But I think it's two great, great blokes are ready for the job.
1: Everyone's sort of good news, obviously your good friend Kieran Anzalatty hasn't quite made it, just a,
6: a word for him. And... Yeah, obviously disappointing for himself. Yeah, I had a little chat with him this morning. And obviously it's tough for him. Um, obviously I'm not in his shoes, so it's obviously it's easy for me to say. But I said to him that obviously from where he were start of the year, Cardiff asked him to cover hooker at one point And now he's a Welsh international, so... Sometimes you have probably got to take a step back and realise that how far he's come. He's a great player, and I mean, you don't get gifted international honours if uh, you're not good enough. So I'm sure he'll bounce back from it and uh, just take it as motivation and hopefully use it to his advantage and push on for the Six Nations. Test to
2: you and Kieran as well. You played some of your best rugby under that pressure.
6: Yeah, and like last I said, it probably using it as a bit of a motivation and it kind of opened my eyes a bit to where I think I can get to I doubted myself for a lot of period last year because obviously I wouldn't get in much love at uh, at Cardiff at the start and with that going on as well I thought I'd be honest I was two weeks away from calling a day I sat on my, my partner and I said that I'm probably going to have to look at going down a different route in, in my career and I spoke to a few semi-professional clubs to see what they had on the table and it wasn't even worth even trying to play semi-pro, it was that's how bad the game had got financially. So it was tough to take in, and you can imagine the stress that everyone was going through. But for myself, luckily, uh, managed to secure something towards the end. I'm
2: looking at you now. It was suggested that some of the players were looking at second careers. <laughs>
6: <laughs> look, um, I always wanted to be uh, an engineer, so I done uh, my A levels and stuff. But obviously, because of rugby, I haven't been able to go down that route. Obviously, but it's given me an eye opener to. Like, at the end of the day, you don't know when it's going to finish, so it's probably opened my eyes a bit and give me a kick of a backside, really. It's obviously, rugby is priority at the moment, but you've also got to have a backup plan just in case that was to happen again.
0: We were just looking at the video and sort of reminded that you weren't always a prop. When did you give up on the ambition of being a centre or outside half and when did the move to prop? And you must be pretty glad they finally cajoled <laughs> you into it.
6: Yeah, so, um, to be honest, it was, it was a long period, uh, I was playing around the schools, played back row, six and eight, and Chris Jones on to me for years. Look, I think you could play prop and I'd go home and cry to my mother, no, I'm not playing prop. <laughs> and at my local club, Gilbert Goch, I always played either number eight or I play in the centre. I also used to kick. So um also you probably will not believe it now but <laughs> <laughs> Well they showed the picture, that was why I was... Yeah. But yeah, I, I converted when I was seventeen. So my first youth year um, at Gilbert. My coach was open with me and said, look, we had a lot of good players at number 8 and we didn't have a loose head, so I put a bit of weight on it at the time. Look, it was one of them situations where I just wanted to play with the boys, so I thought, yeah, if, if that's what it takes, I'll give it a go. And it just took off from here, really. A couple of times, I think, Geraint Lewis from, at the time was Cardiff... Um, Age-grade coach and he came to watch me and uh, invited me down and then they just obviously took off from me. So it was probably a good best, thing, best decision of my life, really. Were you pretty disappointed at the time but
0: pretty pleased now?
6: Well, I was a bit gutted that I couldn't kick for the post again. But um, nah, look, I, let's be honest, I'm not, I'm not an outside half, I'm not a, a centre and I'm definitely not a back rower. So I think I made the switch at the right time.
0: The next penalty Dan Bigger's feeling his calf for something you gotta put your hand up and go. <laughs>
6: yeah, well if we have a penalty shoot though guards knows the score so
0: <laughs> You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And of course everyone's condolences go out to Corey Domachowski and his family. Now, onto the launch of Dusky WIU, a free online resource platform for the exclusive use of rugby clubs across Wales. The online portal is live and available for all rugby clubs now with the aim of educating and informing members in a way that'll enable clubhouses to thrive. Webinars will be delivered by industry experts on a range of topics that have been identified as priority areas. WIU Head of Places and Harrod Collins is the woman in charge. And explaining her title seemed like a good place to start.
7: So I'm Head of Places for the Welsh Rugby Union for the Community Department. We've talked about places a lot in the launch today. The places are the rugby clubs. So we've got 274 rugby clubs across Wales. And I head up the places team and our role is to ensure that our rugby clubs are resilient and sustainable for the long term future.
0: So let's go back a little bit. What did you make of the culture within the rugby clubs when you first got involved?
7: I've been involved in rugby clubs since my son was seven playing rugby and we have some really, really positive, good examples of rugby clubs out there across Wales. They are hearts of the communities. They are accessible and welcoming to all. And what I want to make sure is that we continue to take them on that journey with us um, so that they are reflective of the emerging communities that are growing in Wales day by day.
0: Some good clubs, There are always some less good clubs. Was that the feeling? It was a little bit haphazard depending on who was in place?
7: Consistency I think is important. So we invest a significant amount of money into rugby clubs in Wales and getting a consistent level is definitely something that's a vision of ours to make sure that every rugby club is on the same journey.
0: That's obviously a big part of what you've just talked about, that journey you described.
7: Yeah, WRU is the online learning platform for clubhouses in Wales and we have a number of different live webinars available to clubhouses around a range of different topics. It isn't a finished product, so we're continuing to liaise with the rugby clubs across Wales to ask them what else do they want to see as part of this platform, and we'll definitely try our best to be able to accommodate that. We've got things on there like VAT courses, right the way down to you know creating an EDI plan for your club with templates underpinning it. So this isn't a tick-box exercise. This is an ongoing journey for rugby clubs in Wales, and we will continue to support them through the process. What we do need to make sure that this is a success is we need them to support us in this and to be able to book on the webinars and come forward with us to create clubs of the future you saw some of the children here today from St Albans we want to make sure these clubs are here for their future safeguarded
0: I'm sure there are plenty of clubs who sat around said we must do some of these things without necessarily being 100% sure over what the next step is what they do so This resource that they can just consult, they can be a part of, is going to really help them do things that probably most of them want to do anyway.
7: We have received such great feedback about the system when we've shown it to rugby clubs. And we are here as the national governing body to hold their hands through this change journey. And I'm really confident that it will help them embed themselves further into the community we have to look at different stakeholder opportunities and you know wales is changing as a nation you know you've seen today you've heard from the minister dawn bowden on the welsh government priority areas you know we need to be in that space we need to be having those conversations and dusky WRU will enable us to do that
0: holding their hands is an element also of holding their feet to the fire maybe sometimes you notice one or two clubs don't engage can you you go in there and try and encourage them to
7: We'll continue to support them on the journey. We have club developers that work all over Wales. We visit rugby clubs every day across Wales and we'll continue to support them and encourage them to adapt to a new way of working to make them more resilient for the future.
0: You said you liked your key performance indicators. So how do we know in a year's, two years, three, four, five years time that this has worked or not?
7: So we keep information on how much funding we're able to access for rugby clubs in Wales. Part of my Places team's responsibility is looking at additional funding, opportunities that are open, so we'll be definitely charting that. We'll be looking at the engagement from the rugby clubs and it's a two-way process. We'll continue to talk to them, we'll continue to listen to what their needs and wants are. If there are any key themes that are coming through, we will do our best to source additional live webinars to support them on this journey.
0: An interesting development. Make sure your club takes advantage of these opportunities. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. The World Cup Countdown continues next week. But until then, goodbye.